to witness the strength of knowledge. This is Steve Dace. Raising a banner of bold colors, no pale pastels. People should not be afraid of their governments. Governments should be afraid of their people. Our rights are inherent and essential, derived from our maker. That is liberty, and liberty will reign in America. This is Steve Dace. And greetings. Welcome to the Steve Day Show podcast here powered by Conservative Review, CRTV. My name is Steve Dace. Todd and Aaron are here too. Kim is with us along for the ride as well. We just wrapped up the Dace Group Roundtable. Let's do a little quick uh, tease of what folks have to look forward to later today when that gets posted. Um, if you're not a subscriber yet, by the way, to CRTV, you want to catch that, use promo code DACE, my last name, D-E-A-C-E. And you'll get a free trial, so you can just check out even today's episode. And if you don't dig it, cool, you can cancel right away. It doesn't charge you anything. Otherwise, uh, you can use my promo code if you want to stick around, get a discounted subscription, as well as uh, take advantage of the monthly option if that fits your budget a little bit better for 10 bucks a month. And you won't just get us, but you'll get Mark Levin, uh, Stephen Crowder, Michelle Malk, and the entire outstanding team here at CRTV as well. And our topics we discussed, in fact, here's what I'll do is I'll let each of you give me a little tease on the three issues we discussed. So, Todd, I'll start with you. Uh, we had our weekly Game of Thrones update into the Trump White House. Uh, Steve Bannon edition, because we were off last Friday when the site was migrating to the new server. So this is the first ch- time we've had a chance to have a roundtable since the news broke last Friday evening that Steve Bannon was moving on from the White House. And so the essence of what we talked about is how much does his absence affect what we care about, ostensibly conservatism? And the answer is uh, not at all, because there's not really a conservative movement are conservatives doing anything other than uh, politicking in, in the media? But w- when's the last time a conservative had any success? So it's a moot point, really. And, and one of the things we'll get into, fleshing out what you just said, is we would share many of Bannon's laments about the system. Yeah. All right? But the solutions that he wants to offer as alternatives are are not what many of us got into this to do as conservatives. That was so we, one of your two splendid rants today well, I appreciate on this particular that. topic. Thank you. So we will uh, address that or t- later today on the television side of things. Aaron, we also discussed uh, the new household name of Robert Lee and the extremely stupid political network known as ESPN. Yeah. Uh, bottom line brought to you by Antoine Dodson, a.k.a. the bit intruder guy. Uh, you are dumb. You are really dumb. For real. <laughs> I loved that song back in the day. Uh, and then, Kim, we got into something in your wheelhouse, more endless war in Afghanistan. That's right. And then, you know, this idea that Donald Trump thinks that you can achieve everlasting peace by negotiating with the very group that we are fighting in the Taliban. Um, so we're going to talk about that and also what, what the economic impact is over in Afghanistan. So catch that today right here at CRTV.com, the DACE Group Roundtable, promo code DACE, D-E-A-C-E. If you're not yet a subscriber, and it is a free trial, so you can try it. Who knows, Mikey, you might like it. But if not, if Life Serial is not for you, you can kick us to the curb and just stick around here for the free podcast we do each day here on Google Play, iTunes, and Stitcher. And of course, today is a Feedback Friday when we love to know what you think about what we think. Lots of ways you can reach us with that information, by the way. Steve at Steve Dace. Com is the email address. That's D-E-A-C-E. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Steve Dace Show. Shall we begin? Yes. 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 All right. Evan writes, 
Since it's become clear that we will probably have single-payer health care soon, what will be the Democrats' progressives' next major domestic policy that they will pursue? You mentioned single-payer has been their major domestic goal for over a half century. So once that's accomplished, they will inevitably move on to the next item on the list. Is it, quote-unquote, free college, immigration, quote-unquote, reform, or is it something else? By the way, you guys keep up the great work. Thank you, Evan. Well, you know, if you go back and... and I would urge our audience to do this, by the way. Listen, I I love Winsome Reagan as president. Love him. But, and this is going to be sacrilegious, man. Okay? I know. You know? Um, But hardened, laying down ordinance, just I came to drop bombs Reagan in the early 60s is my favorite Reagan. That's my favorite Reagan. I came to drop bombs, Reagan. That's my favorite one. Now, by the time we, we get, he gets into his 70s as president, he's still dropping bombs just with a smile on that face and, you know, with a kind of a Grandpa Zebediah Walton aw shucksness to him. But, but, but young and full of, of, of urine and vinegar, Reagan, in the early 60s, that's my spirit animal right there. And if you go back and watch the Rendezvous with Destiny speech from 1964 what reagan says in that speech is so prophetic this is at the dawn of the welfare state now the dawn of medicare and the welfare state the great society the speech that lbj gave at the university of michigan earlier in the year and reagan warns that this is the issue what's the issue government single-payer health care in that speech he warns this is the issue in which american leftists will establish their permanent foothold in our domestic policy so that they will then be able, from that point on, pardon me, because as Reagan points out, what more can a government control than your health? I mean, what, what, other than deciding who lives and dies, which governments do, even good governments do to some extent, pardon me, what else could a government, what other power could it have over you than power of your own health? And he said, this would be the beachhead by which the rest of the left's agenda to take what at the time Reagan said we're trying to defeat over there in the Cold War and importing it over here permanently. And he's exactly right about that. We're, we're watching this play itself out right now. And we've done all those shows. Obamacare was designed to fail, was designed to get us to that moment, to cloward pivot in the system. It's working exactly as planned. So what's the next end game? I don't know what you guys think it is, but but I think I think healthcare is the end game. But then you need to manage the end game. You need to sustain the end game. You can't have the demographics go against you in a future generation. Because, you know, we always we often lament on our show what happens, you know, if the Pharaoh who knows not Joseph takes over, right? That we're always just one generation away from losing freedom and liberty, but you know what? The opposite's true, too. You're always just one generation away from throwing off the shackles of bondage and tyranny, too. And the left won't abide that. They will want permanent, permanent majorities in the country. And that's why I think immigration will be the next step. I think immigration will be the next step to essentially create, and, that, and that's what the Gang of Eight was. That's what it was. It was the largest Democratic voter registration drive in the history of that political party. That's what it was. And so they will seek to create 
um, for the next generation, a permanent majority demographically to cement their policy victory that they will soon have in healthcare. Todd, that's my guess anyway. And it's a good one. Um, there will also be. I mean, part of this is hard because who, you know, who predi- what is it? A money Python. You can never predict the Spanish Inquisition. You know, who who knew that we were coming after bathrooms? Uh, so th- there will be gun grabs. Uh, but Which I, they'll be able to do once they have secured themselves term. their demographic destiny. Yeah, uh, I think also uh, the 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 end game ultimately. Uh, I guess I don't. I don't think we really differ about this. Uh, I think I'm talking on a more ultimate framework. But it is the church. I mean that they hate the church. They want that to go away. So tax exempt status, I think, is going to be a, a play they make. And uh, just a general um, hazing of Christians and or conservatives in terms of um, college admission, accents, access to uh, financing through banks like this. I mean, th- I think it's going to be scarlet letter time. And our, our, our children are just going to be labeled in such a way uh, as, and as we already are. That just participating in regular society is, I mean, uh, I'm talking leper colonies, basically. Well, I think that there's, you know, obviously a war on all fronts, right? But I think the the next big push, if it's not immigration, like you're saying, will be the universal basic income. You're going to hear that more and more as Mark Zuckerberg, the person who you think is going to run for president, is um, out on the campaign trail as he's talking about that over and over and over, that everyone gets this basic amount of money guaranteed by the government. Um, Elon Musk with uh, Tesla, he believes the same thing. So this is something that's gaining some ground amongst, you know, well, the corporate welfare queens. Really quick, that totally makes sense, and of course they're going to try it, but that feels to me like that scene in the second Matrix movie at the end, Steve, where he has to explain how we, we originally created this thing absolutely perfect and it backfired. Even even progressives, when they live in the middle of that. And I saw this with my own eyes once we actually got a, a version of Obamacare at the Des Moines Register, and all the nice health care plans that they had in the past were now the same. They're like, oh, how did this happen? Because you asked for it, you liberal fools. I was, go- I was, go- oh, sorry. Yeah, no, Todd. please go ahead. I mean, I, I was going to go with the uh, universal basic income as well. That seems like the next logical hmm. step. Though, I mean, the way, the way that, um, the way that you uh, immobilize somebody who's completely healthy. Of course, um, you can, you can uh, control somebody's life through their health care. That's that's obvious as well. But I think the next logical step after that is um, controlling somebody's mobility, upward mobility, um, not allowing them to gain a different status. Um, because when everybody's equal, nobody is, uh, as a, according to syndrome or syndrome from uh, from the Incredibles. So I think that seems to be the next logical step in my mind. All right, this email from Austin, um, who says he's got a couple points he'd like us to address. He says, "And just soon, I will be starting my first quarter of law school." In your career, I imagine you have worked with many people with legal backgrounds, and through that, you have gained an understanding of what those people are generally like. Do you have any suggestions on how I can prepare myself to be able to evangelize to such a group of people that I'll be going to school with over the next three years? Um, Ask a lot of questions. I mean, I, I, I do have a lot of experience with the legal community. 
friend and foe in my political activism. And as I've said before, I was a part of, I think, a historic effort. I don't believe any in the history of America. I don't think a state has ever, an electorate has removed justices, a slate of of their own state Supreme Court justices, not for um, personal behavior or moral malfeasance, but for their policy, what what they ruled. I don't think that's ever been accomplished in American history. We did it here in Iowa, and you know, I was one of the points of the spear of that of that movement. As was our friend Bob Vanderplatz. In fact, he's the guy that's that founded it, founded the the movement to go after those judges in that election. Kim, you are an attorney, right? So I think we have a lot of experience between the two of us with these sorts of questions, and and you're you're going to deal with essentially since Harvard surrendered to the progressives at the end of the 19th century. And that's the feeder law school of the United States of America, basically. Uh, Since Harvard surrendered to the progressives in the late 19th century, the legal theories and ideals that the country was founded on, from Blackstone to Aquinas to uh, Locke, natural law, those have have little by little been vanquished and are now all but gone. We're, We're trying to reintroduce them. That's one of the reasons why I'm so enthusiastic about Judge Roy Moore's campaign. I, I don't believe that Judge Roy Moore now, I know he'll try, you know, but I don't believe in this political environment. He's sadly going to get to do a lot of the things you will elect him to do. But I know he'll try. But I know the other thing he'll do is he will use that office as a platform to begin to reintroduce these originalist ideas that founded this country, that, that gave us true justice. So my first encouragement to you, Austin, would be to ask a lot of questions. Aaron, I'd like us to make, if we could... Can we go back to that podcast we did several months ago with the law school, the conservative law school student? Yep. And I want us to rerun that now that we have the free podcast back. Let's do that one day next week. Okay. Okay. And so, Austin, if you're listening to this, I want you, we're going to run that next week. You're going to hear how I interacted with this law school student who's one year ahead of you. I think he was in his first year, right? In this, at the end of his first year, if I, I remember, remember right? I believe so, yeah. All right. So, ask a lot of questions. Build your case like an attorney would, not through declarative statements, but by the preponderance of the evidence, right? And then, and, and ask a lot of questions, because you're going to get stuff like, well, you know, if you're not for, you know, judicial review, that means you were against Brown versus Board of Education. You wanted segregation to stay. Well, the reality is that if we would have treated Plessy versus Ferguson as unconstitutional which is what it was because you know the fifth amendment says no person is denied life liberty or property without due process of law and the plessy versus ferguson said you're a lesser person you're not it was it was in complete violation also of the 13th 14th and 15th amendments equal protection under the law plessy violated those things if a bunch of if a bunch of governors and legislators and congressmen and presidents had not treated plessy as the law but it said and the horse you rode in on and flushed that thing down the toilet and said, so we're gonna we we swore an oath to uphold the Constitution, not Plessy versus Ferguson, which is clearly anti-constitutional. It wouldn't have taken 60 damn years for Brown versus Board of Education, because that's how long it took nearly 60 years, 1898 to 1954. Nearly 60 years we allowed Plessy to be law because we refused to follow the legal foundations and ideals the country was founded on. And so, Kim, my first encouragement to Austin would be to ask a lot of questions. Well, and, and the questions um, that you're going to be asking, Austin, has to have a basis of knowledge. So you have to do some more research before you even go in, knowing those founding legal theories that we were talking about, knowing the constitutional principles. Um, I can't, I'm, I want to recommend that you read the law by Bastiat, 
Um, there are other books out there that you should read before you even go so that you can have some good questions to ask and to take them down a road where they don't want to go when you ask these questions. It's it's really fun, Austin. You're yes. going to love it. And that's why we're going to re-rack that podcast so more of our audience can hear that from a few months ago because that's what we did. He also goes on to say, during my time as an undergraduate, I was fortunate to be a part of various college ministry groups like Navigators, etc. Through these groups, I met many young people who seemed to live like believers, but politically were apathetic or on the left and supported left-wing policy. Do you believe we are acting rightly in accordance with our faith if we are politically apathetic or support left-wing policy, whether through the politicians we vote for or through actual advocacy of that policy? Do you believe we can commit sin if we support politicians who we know support morally abhorrent policies? when there are alternatives who do not support these policies. I've heard many different answers to these questions. I'm curious to get your take on them. Um, the, the big answer to your question is, whenever we advocate for or support that which God says is evil, we are doing, we are sinning. We're, that's wrong. That's the big picture answer. However, I think this is where Matthew 7 does come into play. Judge not, lest ye be judged, for the same standard you judge others, so shall you also be judged. Now, just because a bunch of postmodernists and pagans bastardize that scripture out of context doesn't mean it still isn't relevant and means what it means, right? Just because we don't like the way it's misappropriated by, our, by, by people that don't believe in orthodoxy doesn't mean we get to then disobey it ourselves because they're wrong. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So if we want to say... Just be careful with that's all I'm saying. Be particularly on a college campus. We, if you if your interest is invading an intellectual stronghold of the enemy, because if I was one of them and I used to be, this is what I would say to you. Come back to me and lecture me about how it's morally abhorrent to vote for pro-abortion politicians when you just voted for a guy to save America who believes in gay marriage like I do. You're a hypocrite. In fact, Trump is the first man ever elected president to openly advocate for gay, for so-called gay marriage. See where I'm going with this? The lines are very blurred politically. Very blurred. Republicans run on the stuff you want to hear, but has Planned Parenthood been defunded? Nope. In God's economy, what is worse? saying we want to kill babies and we'll fund it or we don't want to kill babies but we'll fund it. I believe St. Peter's very clear on this. It is better not to know the law of God than to know it and not do it. Are those not his words? Yes. Okay. So I, I, I think I, this may not be in, in the era in which we live, this may not, Austin, be the hill to die on because unless you're essentially willing to abstain, I don't know that you have any moral high ground to make these kinds of cases. The Republicans ran for eight years on repealing Obamacare. How bad it was. How much, went after nuns. Went after Hobby Lobby. Is it still there? Hell, Trump hasn't even gotten rid of the mandates yet that caused the nuns and Hobby Lobby to go to court. They're actually they're not being enforced, but are they still law? Are they still in the books? Which means one day a pharaoh who arises who may not know Joseph looks at that and says, hey, those are still in the books. Guess what? I think we might enforce those puppies now. You see where I'm getting at with this, folks. So I love your question in number one. Stick with that one. Completely give up question number two. It's an unwinnable argument. 
And and the reality is the Republican Party is as an as an option is so rolled over and given over to several of the progressive elements that you want to oppose, you will indict yourself if you go down that road, Austin. Now, if you want to, if you're saying that's why I'm, I'm I'm advocating for the Constitution Party or this Federalist Party or a new way, okay. But man, armed with the facts, with all due respect, and I'm sure you're a smart kid. I would disembowel you with that argument, given what the Republican Party claims to stand for and then actually does when they're in office. I mean, you'd be in a fetal position. And it ain't because I'm that much smarter than you or even smarter than you at all. It's because the facts are on my side. Now, I wish that were not true. I helped elect several of these people, voted for many of them. I wish this weren't true, but I have to accept the world for what it is, not what I want it to be. And, and, on your first point you asked us about, you have all the moral high ground. But on this point, you have none. This is not a fight I would fight. I, I, there's no way to do this. It's, it, this is like Sodom arguing with Gomorrah. Unwinnable argument. That's my take, though. You guys may differ. What do you think? No, I, I agree. I would spend my time. The, the, the God talk that you need to focus on is right there for you, teed up. Uh, from a law school, school perspective that has been lost, you need to talk about the Constitution and the Declaration of Independence to the point that it's just weird. Because I've talked to any number uh, of lawyers. That tell you, so how much of the Constitution did you actually talk about in con law? Uh, that would be zero. It's all case law. You need to be the weird guy. Be, be nice about it. Be fun about it. But just never stop talking about it. Just never, oh, there he is, Declaration of Independence again. So they lampoon themselves. So they just say over and over again, yeah, we don't care. Make them say it out loud. And that, sooner or later, unfortunately, it's going to lead to some hard times is the thing that boomerangs back on them and hopefully in time for us to save our culture. Yeah, because here's the other thing, too, Kim. I mean, you're an attorney. You think like attorneys. You want to go make these high-minded arguments to establish a moral high ground, and then you want to undermine your own the credibility of your own witness, Right. right? By saying, well, you know, it's it's essentially you would have to make the argument it's worse to fund Planned Parenthood when Democrats do it. That that's just not it's you're not, not gonna not win a that winnable argument. argument. It's not a winnable it argument. It isn't. But I do wanna say to Austin that it's a it's a good exercise to always examine yourself. Sure. So if this is a question where you wanna know are you sinning, this you know, definitely go down that road. Um, but I do agree with the guys that you should focus on the first question. What do you think, Aaron? Absolutely agree. I think that's. I think the first question is. Um, I, th- I think you will. I think you will fulfill your duties or your obligation to yourself and to those around you if you focus on on that one and that one alone. Next, this is from William Ward, who gives me a go blue. So you know he's getting on the air. <laughs> <laughs> is that how you do it? My question is, what does it look like to take the whataboutism accountability to its final conclusion? While the recent revelation about the Trump Jr. meeting is bad, what would taking that sentiment, meaning the eagerness to take the oppo info from whatever nefarious sources would provide it, to its logical conclusion? Obviously, the liberals are going to do this fa- fa- this fake moral out- grandstanding to get the current administration discredited or completely removed. I guess I'm wondering how we fix that without forfeiting everything to the liberals. Here's the point that you're not, you're not going to like my answer. That's why I did the go blue thing first. Um, give up the notion 
of how to do this without forfeiting everything to the liberals. Give that up. Begin from the premise of what is true. Yes. Yes. We have spent a generation trying to figure out how do we advance moral absolutes by being moral relativists? How do we advance transcending ethics while being situational ethicists? How do we do this? Answer, you you cannot. You can't. And the reality is they own everything anyway. You're not giving anything up to them. (laughs) What do they not have, guys? Seriously. Right now, we've got courts saying it's illegal to bow the knee to pray at a football game. But by the way, if you want to if you want to take a knee to not participate in the national anthem, then, you know, you're an ESPN 30 for 30. What do they not have? Honestly, that that reestablishing the truth as our foothold would 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 cost us to echo that. They thank you for uh, writing the letter, but they even own our thinking. This letter proves it. This is a false binary choice. It, it just is. Hmm. Yeah, but we are so programmed. Well, how do we hold this ground? This precious little, you know, it, this is a political cartoon. We're just huddled there holding on to nothing in this desperate, but it's ours. It's the precious. It's terrible. We just, we got to blast the paradigm away. Right, right, right now, right now, William, there are more Republicans in America than there have been since before the Great Depression. Obamacare is still there. The Obamacare contraception and abortion mandates are all still there. Nothing constructive and affirmative to defend religious liberty has occurred. No walls being built. No taxes are being cut. Unconditional debt limit increases. Perpetual Muslim war. Should I continue? I can. Keep, would you like me to go on? I can go on. Would you like? It's Friday. CNN no. has its highest ratings. MSC, it's had in the last few years. MSNBC has its highest ratings since Bill Clinton was president 17 years ago. Fox is third. Would you like me to continue? I can. Would you like me to go on? There's bathrooms. We, we, we don't know what a bathroom is or who should go there. We, we don't know what a gender is. Kindergarten unveiling parties for yes. little trannies. There's literally a column attacking Taylor Swift's new album, not because it's not good, but because she won't reveal whether she voted for Donald Trump or not. I can, I can go right on down the line. Wow. The New York Times is literally trying to defend Stalin. Literally, literally Stalin. Like everybody now is literally Hitler. The New York Times is literally Stalin. Literally. Literally defending Stalin whose body count would make Hitler blush historically. We're not giving anything to them. They've taken it all. What are we giving up? It's like we're satisfied now. I want my favorite team to win on game day. But what if they keep scoring in their own goal? What if they keep scoring in their own end zone over and over and over and over again? Yeah, that's your team wearing your uniform, but who's racking up the points on the scoreboard, brah? The other guys are. Well, you know, if we, you know, if we fire that coach, we'll have to start our whole program over again. We'll lose a recruiting class. You know, you're already lost. Now you're scoring points for the other team. Men, this is football. We had a start. All over. All over. All over again. 
square one or step one this is the truth start there start with the truth make that the premise and then engineer your framework your tactics and everything from there I don't blame you at all for being suspicious that a media that frequently has lied to us believes that either a rush, the Russian government unilaterally with a few entry points or aided and abetted by the Trump family attempted to infiltrate and engineer the outcome of an American election. I don't blame you for that, for being skeptical of them as your source. But when we get to the point now that a guy who literally is the embodiment of everything we claim to be as conservatives and Republicans all of my life, same wife for 60 years, six battlefield accommodations in Vietnam, six. Reagan's handpicked U.S. attorney. The Bush administration's handpicked bulldog prosecutor to go after the Gambino crime family and put John Gotti behind bars. The post 9-11 FBI director who saved us from how many terrorist plots will likely never know. When we're at the point now, though, that we're going to trash his character before we even see the evidence. Now, if, if the evidence is bad or flimsy, if he's, you know what, then trash away. I think we've all learned very few men finish well. Have we not learned that the last few years? We have In learned that. And, and there's no reason that Robert Mueller is, 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 is invulnerable to that same impulse that has bedeviled so many others. But if and when, until that moment happens, the idea that we would preemptively launch against him in a, char- in a character war, by the way, we couldn't possibly win. In order to defend a guy whose character is a national embarrassment, and we all know it. You just voted for him because you didn't think he would use his embarrassing character to punish you the way Hillary would use hers. And in the meantime, while we're, while we're trying dumbly, stupidly, to go after the character of Robert Mueller, we're getting literally nothing out of this administration we were promised. So we're not even getting a return on our investment, you know? It's like she's cheating on you, dude. But then when she gets home at night, she's like just rolls over and you're on your own with another cold shower. What the hell are you getting out of that deal? You're just getting used. That's who we are right now. So go blue. I love you, brother. I don't care about whatever else we give to the liberals because they've taken everything from us as it is. We need to we need to start over. Start with what is the truth. Reestablish that we have some connection to it in the culture. We aren't going to beat them at the moral relativism game. You may beat them at the ballot box, but does it not seem as if they won the election anyway? I mean, other than other than media trolling, what have you gotten out of this at all? Other than some killer CNN memes, which by the way, CNN's ratings again are they're surging. They're got, surging. I've got not caring out of this. Exactly. So let's just, let's start with the truth. Now, I know a lot of people that do what I do for a living aren't going to tell you that. Because a lot of you right now don't want to hear that. You want to hear what you think. And I get that. I get it. I do. I'm sympathetic to it. I understand. 
if I thought there was something out there deliverable that he would deliver on, you got your Gorsuch. So you got your stalemate on the court, okay? I still don't think he's another Scalia, but that's probably because more of my regard for Scalia than it is that I'm holding on to my preconceived um, uh, pessimism where Gorsuch is concerned, if you know what I'm saying. Yeah. That's more about my opinion of Scalia than it is Gorsuch at this point, okay? It's kind of like, you know, if I'm a Michigan fan, so are you, William. There's never going to be another Bo, all right? Lloyd Carr actually won national championships. Bo never won, but there's just not going to be another Bo. That's my boy. All right? Same thing with Scalia. There's not going to be another Scalia. That's my guy. But you got your Gorsuch. Be thankful for that. That's all you got. And therefore, I, I just don't think the, re- the return on investment for sacrificing whatever integrity we have left with this culture is worth it. Now, it may turn out I'm wrong. And it may turn out that the culture is so far gone, there just is not an audience of people who want integrity. And if that's the case, well, then this conversation remains moot because we've then already lost. We're not, we're, not even, we're not even mounting up. We're not even watching film to win the next game. You know what I'm saying? That, the season's over, and we all just got fired now. So we're not even watching film. Okay, how do we win next week? Season's over. We lost. Done. We're done. We're fired here. So if I'm wrong that there isn't an audience of people out there waiting for us to recover our integrity, our brand, then it means this conversation's moot nonetheless because we've already lost. And at that point, um, last one out, turn out the lights, guys. And all of you all who don't grab your suckling spot on the government teat right now, present company included, we're all fools. I'll give you guys the last word. Go ahead. Kim, I'll start with you. How do you follow that? I mean, that's it's well done. Well, thank you. You're welcome. I appreciate that. Aaron, yeah, would not, you similarly like there, to boost my ego? Go there's, ahead. There's nothing left to say. <laughs> I mean, it's it should be obvious. And and the fact that we have to have these conversations two weeks ago, maybe it was just last week. I don't know. I'm, we're aging in dog years now. But <laughs> you said something like, if you claim to be a Nazi, you're not a good person. The fact that you had to utter those words should give us all some indication of where our society on both sides is is at right now. And the fact that we in in no offense to the the listener um but the fact that you have to say the the fact that we have to say let's start with the truth Again, that's just another. That's kind of akin to, to akin to what you said uh, last week. That should give you an indication of where we're at, and it's not good, by the way. Yeah, Aaron, didn't you say several months back at the? You did some sort of paraphrase at the time uh, in history when the truth is most needed. It's when yeah. everybody pushes it away. Or well, is yeah. Not interested. Um, the 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 more the truth is needed, the less it'll be sought. Hmm. Yeah, your calling is just, and it's hard. It, it's it's hard to deal with. But you, if you, I don't know. Let's let's do superhero movies. But in the in the origin stories, when they're just realizing the possibilities of what they can do, but it's yeah, it's exciting, but it's still terrifying at the same time, and it gets more and more terrifying, even though you go you go grow in confidence in your powers, but then real evil starts to lurk its head. That's that's where we're living in. You're going to have to put yourself out there. Stones are going to be thrown at you. It's, it is going 
to hurt. It is going to be undeniably dangerous. Sacrifices will have to be made. And you have to you have to change what your idea of victory is. Right. So many people think it's, you know, you get some kind of policy through. Well, victory now is speaking truth. That's victory. Yes. Day in, day out, having the strength of character to stand up and speak truth. But you got to be able to hear whatever way, church, uh, scripture, uh, fellowship. You got to be able to begin the day and end the day hearing the still small voice that says, well done, good and faithful servant you gotta stay on that track that is enough why is it enough because it's everything well said all of you and that's gonna do it for this week's feedback friday we'll do another one actually in two weeks we're off next friday because of the labor day weekend but we will be back here on monday both here and on crtv use that promo code dace until then great weekend coming up the end of our long national nightmare. We now have football games that count all the way till February. John 317. This is Steve Dace. I like it, you.